I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. So we've just watched episode six of 90 Day Fiance. I can't believe that we're halfway through the show already, can you? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I know, it's crazy. It's just time is flying by and I'm enjoying so much. We started off this week with Katie and Alejandro. Oh, wow. And things are not looking good for Katie and Alejandro, are they? <laughs> I have to hand it to her. She is so, she's so laid back. She's practically horizontal. Nothing phases that girl. It's the day before their wedding. And it's not going to happen. And she just says, well, we'll have a party on Saturday and it'll all be fine. Yeah. Yeah, she's just so laid back about the whole thing. I mean, I'd be in bits. I'd be bald, having to pull my hair out, having no nails, going to have bitten them all off. And there's just not a bother on it. Like, you have to say, fair play to her. They have a plan, though. They're driving in the taxi and Alejandro is going to see a solicitor guy and maybe he'll be able to sort it out. Now, I was looking at Alejandro's face as he was driving along in the car. He looked a very stressed man. Now, Katie was sitting back and all that sort of thing, but he looked very stressed. Well, in fairness, Katie did say, like, she's never cried so much in her life after they were told that there was no way that they were going to get married and I'm looking at her makeup going fair play to you girl her makeup (laughs) was absolutely perfect and she did a good fair bit of eye makeup on her if that was me again the mascara would have been rolling down my cheeks all over my clothes big panda eyes well, maybe it was reality TV, but something changed because they went into the weirdest building and she said herself it was like a house. It wasn't really like an office. And a new Alejandro was driving the car. He was much more relaxed. He looked happy and this, that and the other. And suddenly they were getting married again. And I'm kind of thinking, did I not have to go back to that official office that they were in originally and they, when they were told that they can't get married and present this new paperwork or, oh no, my, my solicitor said it's fine. So everything looks fine with the paperwork. So off we go. I don't know. It was one of those things it was a bit like the immigration that we had there the other week with Jose where there was this great big hold up and he had no hope in hell of getting in and suddenly he was let in and I don't know was it just for TV it's hard to say look at it, look they're getting married anyway apparently they they're getting married the next day so they go off along to visit her her friend Hannah and her mum and her gran the night before her wedding and you'd expect it all to be joyful and absolutely happy occasion oh the bottle of vodka should be out and they should be doing shots and prosecco and all that sort of thing and having a great time and no and what worries them luggage well hang on for a second first of all I have to kind of point out when you went into the the Airbnb you'd never think it was the night before your best friend your daughter your granddaughter's wedding you'd swear nobody lived in that Airbnb (laughs) the place was spotless there wasn't a glass there wasn't a bottle there wasn't a wrapper there was nothing there was no it was like as if it was just they had just literally it was a set and you arrived into this empty room and said pretend this is your Airbnb just airbrushed there was just no atmosphere no nothing there was just two couches a table I know if that was me my sister my mum my grandmother and my best friend or whatever the case may be you know the night before my wedding the place would be chaos there'd be karaoke lights there would be makeup you'd be trying on different dresses and all sorts of things and shoes you couldn't walk in the place for you lot with shoes now you said it yeah, yeah absolutely but look it is what it is so this mm. is what we were presented with and then the row starts about the luggage so there's something strange happening with the luggage and Hannah is concerned that she doesn't know where the luggage is and apparently it's in Alejandro's parents' house. There was something weird, but basically it, it all came down to this absolute rudeness, quite frankly. It just seemed to be like taking digs at Katie unnecessarily, basically saying Alejandro's crowd can't be trusted. Alejandro's crowd, as I said before, are a crowd I would trust any day of the week. They seem to be, yeah. You'd yeah. Tr- you trust them with your last penny, wouldn't you? Like oh, they they, are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, real respectable kind of people. They wouldn't touch a thing. And yet this crowd, who are, <clears throat> let's 
say, fairly brash to say the least, are going on uh, just just being basically rude about Alejandro's family. But then again, we don't know what happened during the week. I'm thinking that something must have happened to cause this drama. Like something must have happened that we don't know about. And all we can do is wonder about what went wrong there. Something, yeah. something was said, Hugh, something happened. Don't care. Yeah, and then there's also but there's also something bubbling between Hannah and Katie because there's something about like she's saying, Well, I've stayed so calm and the whole lot and they're saying, You haven't given a toss about us, it's been all about you. Well, guess what? She's the bride, it's her wedding. It is all about her. It is all about her. Of course it is. And then Hannah started well, crying. Yeah. That sound, that sound, I kind of look <laughs> and going, What the <laughs> Who brought a baby? Like, where did that sound come from? I thought like, it was weird. Jose doing his baby impression again. That's exactly what it was like, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, you cut to Jose doing his baby impression. Maybe they got the sound effects mixed up. Maybe they did. Okay. Yeah, no, it was just weird. And so uh, Hannah is crying. The mother is on, the mother of the bride is on Hannah's side. Again, Katie, nothing is facing her. Faze, not looking at me. Calm down. Why are you shouting? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm getting a picture of why she lives with the nanny and not the mother. She is getting ready on her own. The well, not the quite on her own. Yeah. She has, um, is it Alejandro's aunt doing her makeup? Yeah, she does. She has the auntie doing the makeup. She looked alone in the world. I felt really sorry for her. But the makeup wasn't the best. Sure, it wasn't. The makeup was woeful. Like, I mean, and her hair was woeful. Oh, my you, God. You tell she me. She looked I... better sitting in the in the car <laughs> on her way to the solicitor's office. What was wrong with her, Linda? I, I'm not well enough to describe what was wrong with her. Okay, I'm, so I'm in my bloke, opinion, so and listen, I'm not, I'm not a girly, girly makeup person by any stretch of imagination. Mm, but she, yeah, no, that white colour on her eyes was so 80s. It was absolutely hideous. Mm. And then the black eyeliner with it, um, her her face was pale and she said it was tight she couldn't move and it just looked awful her hair looked like she said to be dragged through a hedge backwards <laughs> twice because there wasn't a good enough job done the first time it was a mess it was like I was expecting a bird to pop its head out and go looking for food for its nest the moment came though and our best friend appeared Hannah has been her friend since high school and she looked for Hannah to some comfort and for some support and some help and what did Hannah say can you not just do it yourself oh my god she's like she's so clever isn't she like she's so <laughs> clever like why wouldn't she be turning to her, to her for, with advice like that what feckin' use was she so Katie well did she do it herself I, I don't know whether she yeah. she sat there she was sitting there with the eye uh, with the eyeshadow palette kind of saying how miserable the whole week was and that she just wasn't feeling it and all mm. of this and I was kind of starting to think oh hang on for a second you know this isn't kind of all all it's cracked up to be you know mm. when we did eventually see her though going off to, to the church with the mother though she to me now the makeup looked pretty much the same excuse me yeah I did said the, the makeup looked very similar um, and she 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 did she had lovely dress on her and she did look lovely look I mean I, all brides look lovely but her concern was am I going to look like the big fat bride well mm, hate to break it to Katie you're not slim but Ooh. you know it's but she's not slim she's oh, no, not I'm a slim girl she's a lovely thing. girl she's a lovely girl she owned her figure up until this yeah and all of yeah. a sudden on her wedding day she feels fat I get it you want to look superb on your wedding mm. day um, so I, again I'm wondering was there something else going on that's kind of making her feel like this because you know her weight never bothered her before yeah and the mom wasn't given much help was she the mom wasn't given much help at all no again you know you think that the mom would have said when Katie when when she said that when she voiced her insecurities the mom would have said Katie you look beautiful you look stunning you know it's your yeah. wedding day you look gorgeous yeah um, but no the, the mother stayed silent and I'm kind of looking at no. you going seriously she has her doubts I yeah, think well, she I think really the, does I think the mother is putting the doubts into Katie's head yeah but what a time just when they're driving to the wedding to, like, well there's one thing up. I have to ask you you sure you want to go ahead yeah. with it's not too late. Should have been said like weeks ago. Well, how, even a few 
days ago. But how evident was her mum in her life during the last series? We didn't even see her mum in her life at all. No. I mean, is it the first time the mother has ever met Alejandro? Maybe we shouldn't knock it, but he, he looked a bit strange considering it looked like a garage or something he was getting changed in. It was a garage he was getting ready <laughs> in. It 100% was a garage. There was a bike and all there. Again, just a big white room. I was expecting a doors to come up and a jeep to drive in or something. They probably had him. Do they have him sleeping in, in the garage or something so he wouldn't see her? Was that the deal or something? There's something very strange going but, on. Why couldn't she stay with her mother and her grandmother in the Airbnb? Yeah. Like, it looked to be plenty of room. And where was his mum and dad? We never saw any side of the side sound there. We didn't, but we know we, we can kind of see that they're going to rock up to the wedding anyway because you, you saw that in the next clip. <laughs> We got new characters, Rebecca and Christian. So Rebecca basically is from Chesterfield. She mm. works in telecommunication industry, 27 years of age, and at night she is a belly dancer. Strange one. Telecommunications industry, that means she works in the call centre, does it? I would, yeah, I'm kind of taking, I'm taking like that, that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christian is an interesting character because he works on cruise ships. He's uh, born and bred in Argentina. 29, and that's how they met. They met on a cruise ship. So yeah. she was basically on a, a cruise with her grandparents. Did you see the granddad with the two earrings in? Interesting. Hip or what? Yeah, I know. They're interesting characters. Everybody's an interesting character. The uncle's an interesting character. It's... um a classic one, though, because she meets with her friends, right? Initially, that's the two friends that he yeah. met. She went for drinks with her friend and one of them rocks up with a baby. <laughs> Interesting, as you do, right? Now, these are meant to be very close friends of hers again. And they say, how's it going with Christian? So at least they know his name, but they need a photo. They've never seen a photo yet. No. Do you want to see a photograph of him? <laughs> yeah. So you kind of wonder how close herself and Christian actually are. <laughs> yes. 11 days in total. It's 11 on. times more than Louise and Jose. Yeah. Strange one. It just just a strange one um, she brings up the whole ship wives thing which we can kind of vouch can, for yeah, because absolutely, you see it yeah. below deck they talk about that as well yeah so he spends so much time aboard the ship that you kind of have a separate life on the ship mm. I'm assuming that's what, what they're alluding to and then when you get onto land everybody goes onto their day to day business again and they have a normal life until they get back onto the ship Yeah. so they've two separate they're basically living two separate lives we get to meet Christian and Christian is a fuck boy <laughs> <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. A hundred percent, an He's absolute fuck boy. fuck boy. Yeah, and he owns it, and mm-hmm. he loves a single life. And yeah. oh god, when he actually said, you know, um, if I I have to go to the UK because if I stay here, I'll be a teenager forever. Newsflash, Christian, you're twenty nine. Yeah, you're not a play. You're not a teenager. Yeah, there's something about him, and you're saying, well, his motives are plain and on the table. Once again, though, he meets his best buddy, apparently Matteo. Yes, and we all think. Oh God, we say it instantly, Matteo. We think of Benidorm's Matteo, oh, don't no, you? Yeah, yeah, he was hilarious <laughs> yeah, in, Ma- in Benidorm. We must actually do a pe- podcast in Benidorm. I oh, think that's be very good. Very that's good. another one. That'll be a long one because about a hundred episodes of that. Uh, again, Matteo says, "Give us a look at her. Let's have a look at the photo." Yeah, blonde hair, blue eyes. Oh, she seems like your type. Oh, like famous last words, but like. Yeah, it's just, again, it, these two are so madly in love that he's never mentioned or, or never shown a photograph to his best mate. Yeah. And then his mess ba- best mate is astounded at the fact um, <laughs> that he's going off to live in the UK with her. Yeah. And you're going to marry her. Oh, you're going to marry her. Yeah, we'll we'll unmarry her and see how it goes. Yeah. You, you getting married. Yeah, but you'll see, he'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, he's assuming that this is how his life is going to be. Mm. Well, I'll be in the UK anyway. Rebecca did tell us then at some stage... Um, during her interview that she'd been married before when she was with the, the uncle and his partner. Yeah. and, and That a, was interesting. A very, very similar story, only this time it was Turkey. She went to Turkey. She was living in yeah. Turkey for a month or a season or whatever it was. And she mm. met this Turkish guy who worked in the hotel. 
and they got married in Istanbul. Now, she didn't say initially about him coming to the UK, but mm. she said, oh, what if this happens all over again? And apparently four days after they got married, um, things changed. Things changed between them and it started to go downhill very, very quickly, as she said. Yeah. And then it culminated with him basically telling her, I don't want to find anything to do with you. I don't love you anymore. Surely to God, she should have seen that it didn't go downhill and things didn't change four days after the wedding. Things just came out four days after the wedding. Things were like that months before the wedding. Look, he knew was, exactly what he was doing. She was obviously naively blind. You know, mm. I don't think for one second that she thought that, that would, those were his motives. But at the same time, girl, you think you'd learn your lesson. Ah, well, surely, Linda, in retrospect, and being seven years older, you'd know. Yeah. And then you know, we didn't even know that he had come to the UK until she's standing in the airport waiting for Christian to come. And she's saying, you know, this is all happening again. And, um, you know, waiting in an airport, um, a guy coming to, bringing a guy to the UK, all of this kind of stuff. Is it is it going to go downhill again? Is he just coming for a visa? Her dad and her sister think that he's just coming for the visa. And once again, she's at the airport. She's had no messages from him for days and she doesn't know if he's even on the flight or not. Yeah, she doesn't even know if he's going to come or not. Like that, does that not ring warning bells? A lot of it though must be drama for us, the TV viewers again. I mean, there's meant to be a crew over there with them. They have his number all of that kind of thing. Are they not checking that he's getting on the plane? So when they rock up with the with the camera and the crew, he's going to actually be there coming off the plane. Come on. I don't know. I don't know, Hugh. Look, and we'll see. Does he arrive anyway next week? So Anyway, yeah, it, it leaves us for a nice cliffhanger for next week, does, which is probably kind of, just yeah. what they want. Shane and Mert return. Oh, I'm glad to see Shane again. Um, Are you so, glad to see Mert again? I can, I can take Mert or leave him. I'm still, the jury is still very much out on Mert. Really I'd and truly. Take him out and do something with him. But I liked him in the first couple of episodes. I did. It was just down with the whole issue about the birthday party and how controlling he was and all of this. And you made a really, really good point last week, Hugh. Um, and I know that you made it on one of the Facebook groups there mm, during the week about 90 Day Fiancé, where he said, basically, Mert wants his cake and he wants to eat it as yeah. Well. Mert is very culturally liberal when it comes to his own sexuality and being accepted and when he wants to marry the person that he wants to marry. Mert is very culturally conservative when it comes to women's rights. And it's kind of ironic that the person that he's really culturally conservative with, Shane, is the very person who's upholding his rights. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's just a bit of a, a conundrum there, isn't it? It's a, yeah. a bit of a contradiction. It's hypocritical, basically. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it is hypocritical. Like, I, I totally agree with you. But anyway, um, Shane is there and he, she's speaking to her mum yeah. about the row at the birthday and, you know, the fact that they're going over it and over and they're having these telephone conversations and they're not actually resolving anything. So Shane decides to hop on a plane to Istanbul to try and talk the argument through and see if they can move on from here. Yeah, and I think, you know, the mother thought was an overreaction, but in my humble opinion, it was just the right thing to do. I think it needed to be sorted out once and for all. I think they needed to have a real blunt conversation about this and he needed to be told, look, this is not going to continue. On. I don't think that's quite what we got, Linda. No, it's not not what we got at all. And can I just say that it really wasn't an argument? It wasn't an argument. No, no it wasn't an argument. It was fundamental to the relationship. And it was basically the relationship wasn't going to go forward if he was going to keep up with the attitude that he was keeping up with. But when they sat down, I don't think it really got sorted out because I think it was treated like a, just a bit of an argument and a bit of a lover's tiff. Yeah. And that, oh, yeah, no, Murta's jealous. Yeah. Because her initial point was, I didn't, re- you didn't realize how much you ruined my birthday. 
That was her that initial was, yeah. opening salvo. And it was nothing to do with her birthday or how much she ruined it or how much she upset her. It was your attitude is just not conducive to us having any kind of a meaning relationship going forward. Yeah, that's not how we will be doing things. No. I will not accept that. I no. will not accept that or tolerate that behaviour from you. Yeah. So he, you need to shit it off the pot, basically. And again, he did apologise, but he didn't apologise for his attitude or he didn't say he was wrong. He just apologised for hurting her and for ruining her birthday. So again, they were just treating everything on a surface level. And then he bought her a bracelet and oh, she so was lighted over the bracelet yeah. and then everything was all right. Yeah. Ah, I wouldn't change him for the world. But that's what you were there for, Shane. You yeah. were there to say that he has to change. Surely? Yeah. That's why she went to Istanbul yeah. to lay down the law and say, no, this cannot continue. You have to change if we're going to move forward to this. Mm. We also got uh, the whole situation of meeting the mother and father and a preparation for meeting the mother and father going over her face totally with a razor to make sure everything was smooth but look it was justified because how many times did the mother and yeah. father like take her and kiss her cheeks and oh no don't shake hands kiss me on the cheek and all this or I want to kiss you on the cheek and, and rub it against her it was like they knew it was like as if they were looking for stubble <laughs> I know wasn't it like it was just weird and even Shane was kind of going oh I'm not really I don't know what stories at all this hugging and kissing and touching and all this kind of stuff now yeah but one thing we learned even before beforehand was Shane was said like this is not a matter of if if they find out this is when they find out yeah because Shane was uncomfortable lying about it in the first place yeah. and, and rightly so because I don't believe that she should have to hide who she is and let's call the truth out if Shane really had her way she'd just let them know there and then and not go through this big charade yeah and yeah, and, and I completely agree with that yeah and, and I, look it, 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 they still have to deal with it when it all does come out yeah but you know something it's not Shane that has the problem it's Constantly, Shane is constantly putting on herself that she has the problem because she's covering up who she is, okay? Now, as I've said to you before, in my humble opinion, most people would look at Shane and would go, this person is quite possibly not born a lady originally, okay? Now, that being aside, that's not actually the issue at all. The issue is Mert's sexuality. That's what's being hidden here. So you're basically, you're, you, you don't think that the, the parents even know that he's bisexual? No, not at all. That's not the issue. Yeah, that's that, that's the point that the parents don't and that's the real issue and it's all being put on the one that Shane's covering up everything it's Mert that's covering up everything not Shane yeah you're right and then commenting on Shane's height and yeah. you know and Shane Shane did a really really good job and you know kind of was showtime once he got into that apartment wasn't it yeah like, you know but again it's all on Shane Shane has to do everything Shane has to pay for the visas Shane has to play this way play it that way Shane is making a huge effort even even with the language, you know? And it's all Shane, Shane, Shane. It's not. The thing is Mert. Mert is the one who's not being truthful. Not yeah. Shane. Yeah. And the only person who's causing Shane to lie is Mert. Yeah, that expectation, that expectation is really unfair. And I don't know, in my opinion, not a good way to start a relationship. No. You know, I, I think any relation that's built on lies is all set for failure. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say it's just built on lies. Eventually, yeah. It's like building the foundation on sand. Yeah. You know, if we're going to continue the building analogy, at the moment, the building stands tall. It hasn't just much of a test. The breezes are going to start to blow, as, especially when Mert comes back to the UK. Yeah, so Shane and Mert, really they really do have a lot of problems, don't they? Like yeah. on the face with, yes, certainly they seem to be very much in love and they do 
seem to be crazy about each other. I'll stand by that. I said it in the first episode. Mm. But under they have all of these issues just bubbling underneath the surface and none of them are being dealt with. Yeah. So we have the drama of when Mert comes to the UK, how is he going to fit in with the culture? Because it is so different from Turkey. He will have to accept that Shane is able to go out and she's able to go out and enjoy herself and drink in public and all of this kind of stuff. So there's that issue. There's the fact that Shane will be himself, you know, and that he's not going to hide his light under Indeed. a bushel. Yeah. Um, and then they also have to deal with the fact that Mert's family know nothing about this. So they've, they've issues in the UK and issues in Turkey. Mert's family have been lied to. They have been lied to by their son. They have been lied to by their new daughter-in-law. And they've also been lied to by their daughter. So Mert is not going to have an awful lot of backup coming from Turkey. I know. Well, well, look, we'll see what happens. It's a mess. Watch this space. Robert and Nacelle were next. Robert was meeting Arwen for lunch. We were a little bit puzzled about that. For a moment, we thought Arwen was coming all the way up from London. I think she was staying with the granny. But either okay, way... listen, no, what I was puzzled about was what they had to eat. <laughs> yeah, either way, Name yeah. Name of God. Did you see that? They went for lunch in that pub and he ordered like a club sandwich or a BLT or something like that. I was yeah. thinking, oh, that looks nice and tasty. Yeah. And cut to the next scene and he's sitting there with a pie and chips. Like, was the big BLT club sandwich whatever it was, was that a starter? I don't know where he's putting it all because he doesn't strike me as a fellow as any waiting him. There's more meat in a bare bone. <laughs> and it was dark. It was bright when they went in, but it was pitch dark by the time they were eating. Oh, look, I think everything about Glasgow, certainly at this, that time of year, whatever, when it was recorded, it was dark <laughs> and dull. It matches his personality, really, doesn't it? There's something about Robert. He's a dull character. He just can't act and get up there and do something with three, as it turns out, now strong women because we're introduced now to the granny and the granny illuminates a lot of things about Robert. Do you think Robert is submissive? Yeah, basically he's being battered now by three women. He, I think he's loving it. I think he likes to be dominated by <laughs> I think women. he likes it. Well, I, I don't know whether he likes it or not, Linda, but it's just a fact of life for him, let's face it. Well, he's not doing nothing about it. He he's has certainly three not standing up for strong himself. women in his life and we learn a lot about him from his nanny because basically, or his, his mother, sorry, I keep calling him the, her the nanny because she's Arwen's nanny but basically she is just putting him down all the time she's the one who says stay in your lane that's what she's all about first of all can I just say that I was actually getting claustrophobic when we first oh, went God. into her house I was actually I couldn't breathe there was so much stuff around that house every second the wall was just covered in stuff I think she'd be better off in an episode of Hoarders there was like kids drawings and all sorts of things I don't know what the only thing she didn't have up on her wall was last week's shopping list Maybe she did. You wouldn't see with all the amount of crap that was hanging around. And then she's like, oh, I'm starving. I thought you'd never got here. So I'm assuming they brought the takeaway with Oh, you. probably. And poor Asel was sitting there. She looked very well done up and her makeup and everything like that. And she was just sitting in, let's face it, a shithole. Now we understand where Robert gets his decor sense from. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it and all comes out now. I suppose, though, you know, the, the mother, though, again, she... They all have this opinion that Robert, that the mother, that they have money, that they have. Maybe they do, but it must be under your mattress. Like to listen to them, you'd swear they had 10 bedroom mansions, you know, in the middle of the countryside and 100 acres with horses and all of this kind of stuff. It's a weird driving. It's a weird form of xenophobia. You know, he's meant to be driving this flash fast car. Is it a Hyundai Coupe? Yeah. Like it's not a Lamborghini. No, no, it's a nice car and a good look to him, but it's, you know, yeah, a roller. House, like, you know, Arwen talking about, oh, she's she sees you and you have this big house and big garden. Newsflash, 
Now, the only one who's going to make any money out of this is Acel because she will make money for, for uh, Robert and she will improve their lives because she is looking at the brighter side of things and making something of a life with Robert. Absolutely. And she wants them to move on and achieve good things as a yeah. couple. Like she is ambitious and Robert has already admitted in that episode, she makes me look within my own myself and mm. she makes me step up. Yeah, there are, though, it's not all one way, Linda, in, 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 that there's certain misgivings she'd have to have about a cell now in fairness number one she reads his messages and has read his messages and openly tells him she's read the messages that's not good no that is not good and I don't agree with that and I'd never condone that you know look at a cell if you're going to read people's messages don't be upset by by what's put written there and look we all know that you know things can be misinterpreted in messages and sometimes you're better picking up the phone she doesn't know the context of the messages but is she right in saying that Arwen is criticising her probably but then again she's criticising Arwen so she can hardly talk yeah Absolutely. So, you know, it's just that's just a kind of a, a bitter situation. But getting the, the mother involved in, as well, like it, from what I can see, mm. the mother doesn't like Asel either. But, you know, the, the three segments that we've seen about them over the three different episodes, the running theme is that we keep on getting situations where Asel is set up. And this was another one situation where she was set up with the nanny. I just thought it was rude. You invite somebody into your home and then you treat them like that. You basically treat yeah. them like they're dirt on your shoe. All she was short of was having the dog under the table again wasn't she? It was really bad behaviour from Robert and from his mother Arwen didn't really say much in fairness to her but you know <laughs> she didn't have to the mother was getting all the digs in I think to be honest maybe Arwen felt a bit sorry for her at that stage Is there a huge massive class difference between Glasgow and Edinburgh? There seems to be such and maybe our Scottish listeners can again fill us in a little bit more as Irish people I don't want to comment too much on Glasgow internal politics as it were but yeah there seems to be a bit of a snobbery thing there. Yeah, like, I mean, the mother was, like, born and bred in Glasgow. Happy days. But yeah. then, by saying something like, Edinburgh is way beyond our means. Yeah. She doesn't know what means Asel has. No, no. She couldn't even point out Kazakhstan on a map, let's be honest. That's exactly it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, she must obviously be well into Robert's finances. <laughs> she knows he's a secret millionaire. Oh, yeah. We're not exactly seeing it being spent on anything in particular. Or is it the fact that, as she says, she doesn't want him to move to Edinburgh because she's not in Edinburgh. The mother's not in Edinburgh. He'd be leaving her. (laughs) Either way, there's going to be a great show next week. There's a lot of unanswered questions. We're still waiting for Robert's balls to drop, basically. And we're just like, it's just, it's getting gone beyond a joke now. It's like, come on, Robert, no, but I I can imagine he's definitely, I'll be seeing him next next episode in a gimp mask. (laughs) Either way, we'll be back with you guys next Sunday for uh, a recap of episode seven. But before we go, little piece of advice for SL. A piece of advice for SL. Run! Run Run for the hills! Run! (laughs) Talk to you next week, guys. All the best. Keep watching the show. Laters. Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way, you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on indicastreality.com at gmail.com. Indicast reality at gmail.com.